Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 3rd, 2018 and it's the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting of a vision for you big book study. And today we are reading from the big book and we're going to be on page 46 reading through two paragraphs. Paragraph 2 on 46 is where we'll begin, much to our relief. And then we'll read paragraph 1 on page 47, and that ends with, however limited it was. And the today's readers are the 12 Steps, Shannon S., the 12 Traditions, Melissa C.K., and reading the text and support today, John K., Leslie W., and Sherry K.B. Thank you so much for that. The share ID numbers for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting is 11241, 11,241, and that would be for Monday, April 2nd. And then this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that would be for April 3rd, Tuesday, is 11243, 11,243. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Shannon S. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. Shannon S. uh, with the 12 steps. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, I tried to carry this message to convulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thanks so much, Shannon S. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. May I be heard? Sure. Okay. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Good morning, everyone. The 12 traditions. Our common one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Melissa C.K. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 46, and we're going to read through two paragraphs. The first paragraph on 46, that's not the first one. The first paragraph that we're going to be reading is paragraph 2 on page 46, which begins with much to our relief, and then ends with the first paragraph on page 47 with however limited it was. 
And I will ask John Kay to start reading that to open up our discussion today. Good morning, John. Good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service, 19 Tuesday. My name is John Kiernan. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As, as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed with a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. When, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterwards, Afterwards, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth, but if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. Wow. You know, it's interesting. When I came into my first program and complained about the God stuff, I was told, hey, if the God stuff bothers you, leave it out for now. You know, you can stay in this program until you're 110. Nobody's ever going to tell you that you have to believe anything or what to believe. We just ask one thing. Please keep an open mind. And, you know, that made all the difference. You know, instead of pushing a God toward me, they gave me the freedom to approach God on my own. And that was the only way it was going to work for me, you know, uh, was to find a God of my understanding, not anyone else's understanding. You know, I did a special edition on, on finding a uh, higher power for an atheist. And, and to get ready for it, I read some of the uh, varieties of spiritual experiences by William James. Uh, you know, it was the book Bill W. used. And, uh, in the book, you know, James talked about how most people come to their beliefs, and sadly, it isn't through some deep introspection and, and other intellectual exercise, but instead, James says, the average believer's religion has been made for him by others, you know, communicated to him by tradition, determined to fixed forms by imitation, and retained by habit. And boy, that was certainly the case with me, you know. The religion I had when I walked in was the one my mother gave me, and that was the one her mother gave her, and so on, you know. And at no point was there any introspection or consideration of what that God was or how that force interacted in our lives. You know, we essentially had a hand-me-down God and not a God of our understanding and certainly not a God with whom we felt any conscious contact or any kind of connection, you know, not a kind God, a loving God, and certainly not a God that would help us with our problems. And, uh, you know, later in the book, on page 75, it says we may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we began to have a spiritual experience. And, and that's what I needed, a spiritual experience. That was way more important than any beliefs I may or may not have had, you know. Um, 
before I could believe in a, a higher power, I had to believe I was a lesser power. But to come to believe in a God I had personal conflict, contact with, I had to lose all those preconceived notions about God I was given as a kid. You know, in other words, that God was a t- total teardown. <laughs> I needed to raise those beliefs to the ground and start over. And and for me, the two most important things I needed to do was to stop making God a Santa Claus, you know, to keep coming with a list of things I wanted. And I had to lose the arrogance of coming with the list of questions I wanted answered before I could believe, you know. You know, how, how is there a Holocaust? How is there this? Yeah, I, there's thousands of horrible things in the world that can make you question a belief in higher power. But, you know, wanting those things explained were all based on my finite, puny brain trying to understand the ineffable. And today, the only thing I got to understand about God, as I was told when I walked in, was that I'm not it. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate that. Okay, so we are on page 46, paragraph 2. I'm going to read that in its entirety. Page 47, paragraph 1. Read that in its entirety. Who would like to comment their experience, strength, and hope on those two paragraphs? Julie E.B.? Julie E.B.? Anyone else this morning? Karen R. Karen R. Uh, Gail, I guess. Gail. Gail P., is that true? That's correct. And Stephanie L. And Leah L. Anyone else? That should do it, I guess. Okay, let's go with that. Julie E.B., Carrie S., Karen R., Gail P., Stephanie L., and Leah S. Hi, Julie. Hi, this is Julie, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. And uh, I'm really grateful that we have this part of the big book. Um, I consider myself and considered myself quite religious. And I had a God of love and grace for other people. But the voice in my head, this says we need to rid our conception, rid ourselves of our conception of God. The voice in my head was, you're never good enough. You're going to mess this up. You can't do it perfectly. Um, Maybe if you control the universe and other people and situations, life will be okay. And now I have a God within telling me that I'm just a growing, unfolding child of the universe, just daily uh, learning, making spiritual progress, onward movement towards the goal, not perfection. And so I'm grateful that abstinence and working these steps has allowed me to have a different inside-out experience so this loving God was available for me too. So if you're just getting started, just keep going. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Julie E.B. And I made a mistake. Karen R., you will actually come in first after Julie. Are you prepared to step in and then Carrie will come after you? Sure. I can share now. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Karen R. Um, grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeater, bulimic, anorexic in North Carolina. And um, I was just thinking about when I came came into the program, I was very, very full of fear, very um, isolated um, from from all of this, from from God, from other people. Um, and when I went to church and stuff like that when I was little, I saw through the eyes of fear. I didn't, I couldn't get past that. Um, I may have had a fundamental idea of God deep down, but my mind was so, uh, so alcoholic, I guess you could say. It was, um, it was so alcoholic I couldn't. I couldn't feel God, I couldn't see God or have a conscious belief in, in my in my life and um in my daily existence. So so I cluttered up. I cluttered up with alcohol, with food, with anything and did that for years. And the more the longer I stayed out there the more cluttered it got, shutting me off from the sunlight of the spirit. Um so I came into AA first and then and then discovered, after years had gone by, that I needed to come into OA as well. So coming into OA, I found that um, when coming to vision, got right to the solution, you know. Vision gets right to the solution, right into the big book. And cleaning out the clutter, once again, brought me closer to God, um, closer to the Spirit, um, enabling me to put it more into my life, more into um, the people, the interactions with people, the um, sponsoring people, um, my family, my pets, my, <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing, amazing what happens when we continue to take these simple steps, simple but not easy in this program, um, spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, that just increased for me as I worked the program. Um, and it's this idea that it's roomy and all-inclusive um, just brings joy to my heart because um, I was so black and white, so afraid that I would do something wrong, I was do, doing things wrong, I was going to go to hell, and all, you know. all of that was erased. Thank you so much for, for timing me. I needed to be timed. <laughs> so thank you for allowing me to share. It's a blessing to be here. Thank you, Karen R. Carrie S., you're next, and then Gail, you'll come after Carrie. Carrie S. Star one, please. Well, let's move in to see if we can find Gail P. Are you available, Gail, to share? Yes, this is Gail P., a compulsive overeater living in Tucson, Arizona. And I'm comparatively new to A Vision for You. I had discovered this a few years back. Um, but 
you only, there was only the 7 o'clock meeting, and then very recently I discovered this 10 o'clock in the morning meeting, which is much easier for me to be consistent in attending, and I have started attending it um, recently. And I, too, have been one of the ones who have been in 12-step recovery for a number of years through Alcoholics Anonymous and have always known that I have had this um, eating problem and have tried various solutions. And it wasn't until I really um, found a vision for you that I became so aware that the big book is the solution to this problem also. And the part of this particular reading that strikes me is as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the, the part that gets me is this, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things that we begin to um, possess a new sense of power and direction provided we take uh, other simple steps. But the part of this that I remember hearing one other time one of the reasons it is so difficult for us to be aware of a power greater than ourselves underlying everything in the universe, and somebody drew the analogy of looking at a fish, a goldfish in a fishbowl and asking, does that fishbowl know that he's swimming in water? Does he understand the concept of water? And that made it so simple for me to start understanding that we're kind of swimming in this sea of our higher power within underlying our universe. And it has made such a, it's been such a blessing for me. I too have been, I come from a very traditional religion and consider myself to be a religious person. But this concept makes 12-step recovery so different from anything else I've ever tried. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Gail. I now have Stephanie L. coming up. And Leah, you'll come after Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Stephanie L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. And, oh, my God, what an amazing, amazing paragraph. Um, there's so much here. I mean, I have every single word underlined in this paragraph. You know, but, but here's, here's my experience with this. I also grew up in organized religion and I had, I grew up with a God that was given to me who was punishing and waiting for me to make a mistake so that, you know, I would be in trouble. So how, how could I trust a God like that? I only came to that God when, you know, Oh, you know, like it was a, um, something awful was happening or I bargained. If you do this, then I will never do this again. And if you make me sin, I will, you know, I'll do whatever you say. And, um, you know, that was a God that I couldn't trust. And when I came here, oh, we agnostics. I'm not agnostic. I believe in God. Well, my actions said something completely different. I had to unlearn everything I knew about my conception of God in that organized religion. Um, I had, and it took me years in program to do that i was here for a long time before it was like fine this god is not working for me because i don't trust him or her whatever it is i don't trust so i had to you know come up with my conception not someone else's um and it turns out that my god is the same god 
but this God is now, you know, um, specific to me and, um, you know, it's my higher power who has, you know, fixed this, this obsession, taken this obsession for me and taken me out of the pits of hell and this disease. And it's funny because it says as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence. So as soon as I admitted that, that there was a power greater than me that I could trust, you know, I began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction. And it was a matter of following a few steps and those steps are in this book. You know, the, the whole purpose of this book my understanding and my experience is so I can connect with that power greater than me that I believe is all powerful. Cause as John said, it ain't me. That's for damn sure. So that I can, I work these steps so that I can have a spiritual experience and connect with that power and be free of this problem with food. So then I can go out and share my experience, strength and hope and do this higher power's will. That's, that is the whole purpose, and my experience is that that is the whole purpose of this. And, you know, I love that analogy of my higher power is waiting for me patiently, but my higher power isn't going to intrude upon me. I have to seek him, and as it says, to those who seek, who earnestly seek, it is openly believed to all men. And I am so grateful today um, to be recovered and to be free of this awful awful obsession. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Stephanie L. Leah S., you're next, and then it'll be time to open it up again. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Camille. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Brooklyn. Okay, so I came into this program, and I came in as a resentful person, wanting to lose weight. That was the only thing that I had in mind. So all of a sudden, you're telling me about God. I hear so much about God in my life, and no thank you. Um, I I don't need a new cult. I don't need nothing. Until I finally understood it. On page 62, um, I, I identified so much so because I had no idea that I was eating and stuffing my life into my mouth. I had no idea until I got completely abstinent that I need, I need that power, that not everything will go according to what Leah wants and how Leah wants it to go. And so during the day, when things do not go the way like if someone just pushes ahead of me in the bank or if someone just just uh, you know whatever they have stepped on my toes i pause and the pause means that i reflect upon my higher power and it says what is the worst of this thing what is the real truth and how do I react to it? Resentment is a luxury for normal men, not for compulsive overeaters as me. Resentment has caused me so much pain. Resentment and anger and cynicism have caused me to be to be that to be in that uh, position where I don't know which way to go. And in that desperate place where, what am I going to do? 
how am I going to do? I'm going to eat some more. It's going to be a little bit better. It's going to be a little bit more. I had to find that higher power, whether it's that stump in front of your tree, whether it's whatever it is, that is your higher power. For me, my higher power is love. I needed love. I need love, true love, not something that that is that is cynical like I used to be. And with that, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Leah S. We are on page 46, reading through two paragraphs today. 46, paragraph 2, much to our relief. And then we'll finish with the first paragraph on page 47, which ends with however limited it was. And I'd like to open up the lines for more folks to be able to share on those two paragraphs. Who would like to Elaine Jane Z. Okay, let's start again. Do I hear an Elaine? Yes, Arlene. Arlene, 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 Sherry K B. Lisa J R. All right, Sherry K B. Lisa J R. Lisa J R. One more. Lessie C. Lessie. Yes. Lessie C. Okay, got it. Let's see what we have. Elaine T. R A B. Arlene H. Sherry K B. Lisa J R. And Lessie C. Let's see what we go with time with that. Hey, good morning, Leah. I'm sorry, Elaine. <laughs> Where was my mouth? <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for letting me share. This is Elaine T. from uh, Pittsburgh Recovered, um, just for today. Can I be heard? You betcha. Thank you. Um, like so many people have shared, um, I had another conception of God, but I didn't realize that. I had the God that I grew up with and a child's perception of all of the things that were relayed to me, some of which were inappropriately relayed, I realized, you know, um, God will get you was definitely heard in my home. But um, ultimately, I think it was just the child who had not grown up. And um, when I first came in, being um, all knowing, (laughs) um, I thought, well, I can't have my own conception of God, there is a God, and that person is who they are, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And finally, someone got it through to me, and God bless them, I'm not even sure who, that it was not that God was different. It was that I had a screwed-up perception about him, interestingly, about as screwed-up as I had about life in general. And so I was able to identify a conception of God that would work for me, and um, because I'm still a um, person who needs proof, I went around looking for the proof that the God of my now perception was indeed the God that I saw, and I have pages of it, pages and pages of the God who came to me and consoled me and explained things to me and helped me get through issues that I never thought I could get through before and um, who loved me, who, um, who didn't say to me, well, you're fat and unlovable, who said, I love you. I love you for who you are. Um, I seek you, but you have to come to me. And that was not what I had come in for. And the program gave me that gift. And um, I began to be possessed of a new power and a direction. And um, I still had a hard time taking simple steps because I still wanted to do it my way. But um, 
every day it's a little bit better. And every day I believe that that God does exactly what the God that my childhood heard who came out to the boy who left home and um, wanted to leave his family and was excited when that child returned. That's the God I have today. And that God helps me. And I thank all of you for that possibility in my life. And I thank God for every single gift, including the gift of this disease, which I didn't want to lead me to him, to get me to a point where I um, am working the steps and recovering one day at a time with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine T. Oray B, you're next. And then Arlene, you'll come after Oray. Star one, Oray. Can I be heard? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I really don't know what God is. Like, I can't put it into, like, intellectually, I can't wrap my, my mind around, like, what it really is. And it's hard to, like, articulate that, um, what, what what God is in my recovery today. And um, what I do know is that there's something, there's something. Like, there's no way, like, two months, 20 months ago, I was able to put down the food, like, it, on my own, like, and before that, like, just coming back to OA, it took a miracle for me to become willing again to come back and to get back into it and show up the way I did and to practice this, you know, and, and, and even today, fast forward today, you know, just with the the same intensity, um, I have this intensity in the way I work, I work it today, um, and I'm open in a way that I never was before. Um, and I'm experiencing it like I never did before in all my in my, all my in my previous years. And that's just like for me that it, like there's something I can't deny that. And like I don't think about it like I don't try to intellectualize it anymore like I once did and make it this thing. I just know it's a part of my fabric. Like, it's a part of my fabric, my being. And my job today is just to act, like, how can I connect? How can I plug in? What do you want me to do today? How do you want me to be? And, like, I've exhausted, I've exhausted my thinking. And, you know, the way I think I should, the way this life should be and the way I think I should be and blah, blah, blah. blah. I, like, I, I know where, that's, where that, that, that narrative has gotten me. And I'm so tired of that narrative and how much misery and pain and that's caused in my life that I'm just open to an alternative. And it has to be better. It has to be better than that narrative. It has to be better than my thinking and what, you know, my visions and plans and blah, blah, blah. And I just want to be open to it. Um, so that's like all of my work today is just how can I connect and what do I need to do? And um, somehow that power comes. Somehow I get direction through, you know, through the process of taking action, and it just it it, it just works out. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm just grateful that there's something that is greater than my thinking. 
time. And thank you for allowing me to talk. Thank you, R.A.B. Arlene H., you're next, and then Sherry K.B. will come behind you. Okay, this is Arlene, and I'm a compulsive overeater in Vermont. I would like to bring to mind and to the front of my brain the principle underlying my first step admitted I was powerless over food and that my life was unmanageable. And here is admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence and admitted to God and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. I think every time I hear this word admitted, it brings to me the principle of honesty, of finally letting go of all of my delusions. It says my own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach. And I love that because I'm a human being and I have a limited amount of knowledge. Um, If I were to know everything there is to know about God, then, well, basically God wouldn't be big enough to be able to help me. So um, God is bigger than everything I know. And I find that when I get honest, when I um, I don't use that Herbert Spencer uh, quote, bar against all information and, you know, contempt prior to investigation, when I get honest, I say maybe. Maybe there's something I don't know, which is uh, just wonderful, just wonderful to be a human being. And I know that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. And that it's roomy and all-inclusive. Let me tell you, I just did not feel like I belonged anywhere before. And now they're telling me that I'm included in this. It's open to all men. So my own conception of God and growth and honesty is ready to commence spiritual growth. And, and this, they give me promises right here in this paragraph, too. We began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction if, if we took some other simple steps, provided we took other simple steps. But here's a promise. We will have this sense of power and direction. And this is amazing. Just by getting honest just by getting, losing my own um, delusions. And now I feel healthy and whole. I pass. Thanks, Arlene. That's Arlene H. Sherry KB, you're next. And then Lisa JR will come after Sherry. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive, our reader. And welcome, everybody, on the line. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie. Um, you know, these paragraphs are amazing to me because it's telling me that, you know, I need to set aside my old ideas, not only, you know, set aside my old ideas, but especially the ones around a power greater than myself. And that throughout these paragraphs, it's constantly reminding me to find my own conception. I don't have to borrow yours. I can use my own, how limited it is, or redefine that higher power for myself because I need a power that's going to get me through this step work, that's going to help me stay recovered I put the food down but then my higher power keeps me absent happily and contently 
and um, I need a power that's going to walk me through this and hold my hand and walk me through uh, basically the rest of my life with living in 10, 11, and 12. So I need to seek that power that's greater than me. And, you know, this chapter is all about step two, and it's a chapter of hope. And there's hope and promises in these paragraphs. And, you know, this is so lovely, you know, about seeking God that it's not, God does not, um, hard, no t- hard terms who seek him. And that, you know, it, the broad highway is all roomy, all inclusive, never exclusive. And so that means we don't exclude anybody, whatever your beliefs are. You know, look at them, bring them in here, you know, be willing to put the food down, be willing to work the, the steps, let that higher power work with you, and whatever your conception is, it's the language of your own heart, and that's what I found, and it continues to grow, and then I had to set aside my old ideas, my old prejudices, I had to reinvent that higher power, and I needed a higher power that I could trust, that would walk me through and help me to grow and change, and this is so lovely, because it's not, we're not putting anybody out. We're saying, hey, we can all do this. It doesn't matter what background, what religion you had. You know, we can we can all work together here. And that is so beautiful because you don't find that in too many places. And I just love this. The word seek, you know, the effect, um, realm of the spirit, broad and roomy, all inclusive, never exclusive, spirit of the universe, creative intelligence. All of this is just, it's a beautiful thing. And to me, that's where it's got to start. It's got to start with me and whatever conception I had, I can use or throw out and find a new one. But it, for me, it had a lot to do with trusting, trusting that power is going to get me through all of this and keep me absent, happily and contently. And it has, and it can happen for you too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Lisa J.R., you're next. And then Leslie, you'll come after Lisa. Good morning, Melanie and everybody. Thank you all so much for your service this morning. Um, I was so excited. I came down out of the mountains where I had no cell service and got on the meeting this morning, and I I was just so thrilled about this reading um, that I tried to share on uh, a recording of the 7 o'clock meeting. So I'm glad I was able to get on this meeting. Um, When I was a child, I, I remember having... Uh, distinct memories from an early age of a real close relationship with my higher power, not tainted by my parents' religious views or anything else, but I I always have had that, and I've seen where his hand has uh, guided me and uh, protected me all through my my life into my 50s. Um, So I, I prefer to say I have a relationship rather than a religion. However, I will say I pursued knowing my God through the literature of my faith, um, and I, I got quite well-read and well-versed. So when I came into program, out of my ignorance, and, and I'm saying ignorance, it was absolute, not even being arrogant, it was ignorance. I felt that this chapter um, you know, was unnecessary to me, that I was there already, that I had arrived at that step. Um, You know, one, two, and three were in the bag. Little did I know, and I I can say this morning Kim G um, quoted something, and I'll just say to the effect that it's not what we don't know that will kill us, it's what we do know that's wrong that will kill us. 
And I would say that my thoughts, my faith, it's beautiful, and I'm not going to throw any of it out, but where I was wrong was that my concept of my higher power was so small that I was stifling, you know, the, the outpouring of the spirit that would help me with this compulsive overeating problem. And it's, you know, I would assume that whether you're a, a, a scholarly, uh, you know, orthodox person or whether you're a, a preacher or a enlightened Buddhist of the highest level, that in our humanness, our concept of the God that we know is way too small. And that's what, that's what causes so many of us who have a faith walk to stumble in this program. So I would say, as I do often, God, I say that set-aside prayer. I don't know enough of you, God. Please just, you know, help me. Help me to understand. And where I don't understand, just help me to have faith. And um, it's just been such a beautiful Time. journey. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Take care. Thank you, Lisa J.R. Leslie C., it's your turn. Good morning. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm, I can. Good morning. This is Leslie C. in Imperial Beach, California, grateful um, recovering compulsive overeater. Um, my childhood, there was no religion. Um, there was a lot of discussion about you get to decide for yourself. And um, that was, so the God idea was entirely left up to me. And uh, I heard wonderful discussions that just brought me a, a definite decision that there was no God, there was no almighty creator, predetermined destiny, um, no reason to have any faith at all because it was just a wasted energy. So um, I always uh, think, was it odd or was it God, that I went to my first three meetings in a church and I never even realized that you guys were talking about God. But by then, I decided I was going to keep coming back. Um, so my uh, my denial of God and being able to have a faith in a higher power, the ability to, to really take steps two and three, were a pretty good built-in excuse for when I would stumble and go back to the food, you know. Um, and that was, I'm sure, subconsciously, a, a reason that I continue to deny God, even though I was working a program that relies on a spiritual awakening. So the people in program that had the recovery that I wanted, I saw one common factor. They all had faith and reliance on a higher power that, you know, they could believe in. So one day I simply said, I'm going to give God a chance. And just as the reading says this morning, it was that simple. And, boy, my recovery took off, and I had a life beyond my wildest dreams, to borrow a phrase, for a good four or five years. But my life got busy and wonderful, and before I knew it, I had lost contact with that higher power that I had worked pretty hard to find. So fast forward a number of years in a floundering relapse and regain of, you know, nearly 200 pounds, um, I go to Newark, New Jersey in September, and at the end of the conference, I stand up and I say, oh, I'll be damned. The answer is God. It always has been. It always will be. 
So I find myself the past six months working on that relationship again, working the steps, staying abstinent, listening to meetings, doing all the work that I am capable of doing. And um, I even no longer say that I'm an atheist because I found a line in the big book that told me, eh, don't do that anymore. So it is just being willing for me to, um, um, to say pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leslie C. The time will allow for one person to have a one-and-a-half-minute share. Would somebody like to take that? Wendy Ann. Hey, Wendy, I'll grab you up. One and a half minutes, madam. Thank you. All right, let's go. Hi, Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. Thank you all for your service. So what I wrote on the page is there may be a God, but maybe God won't give me what I want, so I think I'll just do it my way. And I'm currently wrestling with that, like I'm having a tantrum. I want my way. I'm not getting my way, and um, and I don't know that I want to go to God because I may not like the outcome. I may not get what I want if I go to God. You know, and this is a radical, radical step here. This is faith. Do I trust that if I go to God, it will be exactly as it's supposed to go? And right now, I'm totally fighting uphill. I'm absolutely having a tantrum. And my experience is when I pause and when I earnestly seek God's will, all will be well. And God's like, I'm huge, I'm back, and my answers and ideas are beyond what you could possibly imagine in this moment. You can't fathom what I can do, but you can Time. have faith. Thanks for letting me share it. Okay. Thanks, Wendy, for stepping in like that. I appreciate that. Thank you for your share. That would be the last share of the recorded portion of this meeting, so we'll go into to wrapping up what we do for the recorded portion before we go into the next portion, which is greeting newcomers, finding sponsors, and giving announcements. So thanks so much for those that shared. And Leslie W., would you please close us out by reading page 164 in the big book? Our book is meant to be suggestive only, please. I will. This is Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.